Take a moment, please, and join me in your pew Bibles on page 76 in the New Testament. As always, I think it's a good idea if everybody leaves church saying, I opened a Bible today. In church, we read the Bible. Who knew? Page 76 in the New Testament, we're in Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 11 through 21. And this is a unique perspective. This little healing moment that Jesus has is only in the Gospel of Luke. It's not recorded in Matthew, Mark, or John. So this is a unique moment that has come to us through time, through the Gospel of Luke. Let's read together. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. This was an in-between place. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. P.S. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming. Not coming with things that can be observed anyways. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. The word of God for the people of God. In looking at just these uh, first few verses, there is, as usual, um, so much to consider. I say that because this is the incarnate God who has descended so far from glory to the point where an ostracized group of lepers who are found outside of town in the in-between spaces can call out for Christ's attention and care. Who are they and who are we? And what are our struggles and our pains that the Lord of all creation, the very being who spoke the cosmos into existence, should pause to take even the slightest notice? Here now is the full measure of God's grace, glory, love, and power on display. Christ hears them, sees them, and says, go. Go and show yourselves to the priests, Christ says. And as they went, they were made clean. God sees you. God loves you. And God instructs you to go and show others God's goodness and mercy. 
In his exegetical commentary, Matthew Henry notes that those who have received mercy from God should publish it to others, that they may praise God too and may be encouraged by their experiences to trust in God and how rich Christ is in doing good. Were there not 10 lepers cleansed? Here was a cure by wholesale, a whole hospital ward healed with one word speaking, go. My friends, this is like a Costco-level healing event. It is a Kirkland-sized miracle that was freely offered. Go and show the priests Show them so that they will know what God has done. And because it was the priests who would ultimately pronounce them cleansed and allow these men to rejoin society. And we see this kind of healing take place in other examples of Christ's life, like the man by the pool in John chapter 5. Jesus says to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat, and he walked. And where did he walk? But right through the middle of town where others witnessed his healing and engaged with him about it. So, too, do these men watch as their skin is renewed, their pains are alleviated, and their physical bodies are restored to wholeness with every step they put one foot in front of the other, going forth with the full confidence that God's word is true. And then there's this one. There's always one, right? There's this one who is so overcome with praise and thanksgiving for God's goodness that he disobeyed Christ. Instead of continuing on into town to rejoin his friends and family, he turns around praising God and falls down at the feet of Jesus. Dr. Mita Stamper, a Presbyterian minister, writes, love that springs from gratitude is the essence of faith. There is no doubt something to be understood here about the people who live on the margins of our communities, who are treated as invisible or unlovely because of how they look or who they are, or where they come from. The Samaritan was a foreigner, after all. But Jesus clearly notices and loves them and calls us to do the same. While the rest of those lepers were still made whole by the power of Christ in compassion to their distress and in answer to their prayers, this one particular man was made whole by his faith by which Christ distinguished him from the rest. They were healed because Christ loved them. He was healed by his faith, and it's different. My friends, ours is a faith that has the power to heal. Amen? Ours is a faith that has a power to heal. When we engage with the living God and when we cry out feeling physically ill, socially outcast, unloved, or invisible, it is Christ who sees us, who moves toward us, 
and by his infinite compassion speaks to us words of direction and action so that God's mercy and goodness might be known in our lives and in the lives of those around us. As United Methodists, as people who know Christ and who have experienced God's grace in a substantial way, we regularly promise to be active participants in a local congregation. And when we join the church, as some people will be doing here shortly, when we join the church, we pledge to one another that we will faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and lastly, as recently as 2008, by our witness. The word witness was added to our membership covenant by the 2008 Methodist General Conference to highlight the mission and evangelistic responsibilities of church membership. Missional, evangelistic responsibilities of membership. It is also a reminder to all of us who are United Methodists that we are to live out our vows publicly. God's goodness is not a secret. It's not just for a select few people. It is endless, boundless, everlasting, available and free to every one of us every single day. And we baptize babies with that knowledge and incorporate them into that goodness. Today, I have a brief witness to share on God's goodness and mercy in my life as it continues to be implemented and carried out by the saints of this congregation and the full body of Christ that exists in Christian community here in Charlottesville. Just last month, my wife Ellen and I welcomed our third son, Jack, into our family via Ellen's third C-section. Our good friend Michael, pictured here with his wife, Millie, underwent a five-hour surgery to remove a stage two renal carcinoma. This was a tumor on his kidney. That was about two and a half pounds. They had to cut all the way out of him. And lastly, Cooper, our oldest son, had to have his tonsils and adenoids removed still in the same window. Every person up there is still recovering from these physical traumas. They're still feeling physically unwell. Two of them are visibly scarred from their surgery. Cooper's voice hasn't returned to normal. He's lost a lot of weight because he hasn't been able to eat. Michael, who had his kidney removed, uh, was still dealing with a fever earlier this week. And all three, for the most part, having been held up in their homes, might have probably at one point felt lonely, isolated, or forgotten had it not been for Christ. Had it not been for the love and care that has been manifested and made known by our communities of faith, friendship, and love. 
It has been a blessing from God to both me and my family to receive the support of this congregation and our friends and our family through donations of food, through child care, through Lego sets, books, candy, popsicles, and through your cards and your prayers. In our illness, it was the body of Christ that came close to provide us with healing And with every step forward, there is evidence of physical recovery that has been aided by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service. We, along with a third family, together the Woodsons, and then Millie and Michael and their kids, the Shipes, and then a third family, the Andersons, we were able to get together with Millie and Michael um, just this weekend. And between our three families, we each now have three children. So a house full of 15 people can be a lot. But it is our mutual affection and responsibility for one another, where we feed each other, where we watch over each other's children. It's when Joel, that other dad from the Anderson family, stays all night in the hospital with Michael so his wife Millie can go home and get some rest. It's when friends show up at your house with donuts and mimosas. That is where the kingdom and the glory of God breaks through. And we find ourselves being healed. Healed from the trauma of this world. Brought back in from the deserts of isolation from out on the edge of town. Back into a community where the presence of the Holy Spirit works to entangle our lives so that we may come to know God and one another more fully. This is the love and the faith that makes us well and heals us. This is the kingdom of God among us. And yes, there are mimosas in heaven. Like Christ, we are called to travel into the in-between deserted and isolating places to identify the needs of, of our community and then to take action. We are to listen for the cries of those who are hurting, lost, marginalized, or ignored, and we are called to participate in being Christ to this world by continually offering our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We're called to do all of that so much so that by our faith in action, others may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to walk in the way that leads to life. Amen.